This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Get a Casper mattress and get a great night's sleep. Try it for 100 nights risk-free. Go to casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn. Get $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. Terms and conditions do apply. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Today, we're going to start with perspective and the kind of perspective that only living through 18 of the 45 presidents, going through 26 different elections, being born in the first term of Woodrow Wilson can give you. We have a special guest, 100 and almost two-year-old Chippy joins us right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. James Florasima. A man who I met, was it last summer, Chippy? Uh, correct. Yeah, yeah, last summer. Last summer. And we had a talk. He came down for our, uh, our history uh, weekend. And I, we, we had the best conversation because you have the best memory at a hundred and almost two years old, Correct. you remember FDR, you remember the stock market crash, you, you remember World War II, the atomic testing, the Bay of Pigs. You retired when Jimmy Carter was president. Right. Well, that, that was uh, 1980 is yes. when I actually retired. And it is now uh, 2030. 2016. 36 years. 2016. 30, 37 years now. 37 years I'm retired. Who gets, who gets that privilege in life? Oh, man. I'm so thankful, really. So, okay. So, so Chippy, you were born in, at the time of my least favorite president, Woodrow Wilson. <laughs> I hate that guy. He was a progressive. Yes, yes he, he was. He started it, yes, but he was. he was not the one that put it through. It was uh, Franklin Roosevelt right. that actually was able to. Who was, who, what, take me up. Do you remember, do you remember Calvin Coolidge? Probably not. Oh, uh, I do. And there's a little story I tell about Calvin Coolidge. You can look it up. I researched it just last week, and my uh, son-in-law, Harry, uh, uh, straightened out the story. <clears throat> As I remember, a little child at, of eight years old, Calvin Coolidge was, first he was vice president, and then uh, he became president when Harding, I believe, died. Mm-hmm. And his son was playing tennis, and he got an infection under the skin. He was 15 years old, and within a matter of two weeks, he died. And that was something that Calvin Coolidge, it really destroyed his presidency. He just went into recluse and he couldn't recover. That I remember. Mm. How old were you? Eight years of age. You were eight years old. Um, 
How old were you in 1929 when the stock market crashed? Uh, 14. So you're a teenager. Do you remember the buildup, the, the roaring 20s when <coughs> everybody was spending and buying stocks? How I remember that. You see, my people came, uh, were Italian, ethnics, migrated to uh, the United States in 1910. I was born in 1915. And, uh, and yes, I remember the crash. Is that it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did your parents, did they lose everything? Did they weather it? What happened? <clears throat> the day the stock... The Italian, the Italian immigrants that came here were like pretty much like the Mexicans. They had little conclaves where they gathered, rented apartments and so forth, and they kind of more or less lived together, mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that's the way life was with yeah. us. And, and did your family invest in the stock market? Yes. Those years, you see, the immigrants in the early 1900 were brought here primarily if they were productive. The difference between today where they're crossing the border and they have nothing to offer other than go to some uh, tomato field or lettuce field and pick vegetables and so forth. So that the years from 1910 to uh, 1929, the Italian immigrants made their little nits of money. They all bought, as I remember, the... uh, the Ford, the first Ford cars, which they called the Ziggy Ziggy, because that's what the four engine sounded like a Ziggy Ziggy. <laughs> but they all had, they all had a, all had a little Ford, okay, made money, put money in the bank. Then there was the build up of the market. That's what took place four or five years before nineteen twenty nine. My people after working for six, seven years, had saved close to $5,000. Your mom and dad. My mother and dad. My Uncle Willie, who had joined the Army during the First World War, very intelligent gentleman, went went to officer's training school. You can check this out. William Theodore Modon. And they, they separated him from the, uh, from the army as a, as a, I don't remember exactly, but it was either a lieutenant or a captain. When, when he was separated from the uh, services, he went to California and joined the Postal Service. Guglielmo Giannini had just started the Bank of America. Mm. And, of course, Italian. Right. Willie was an Italian. Mm. They favored the bank, so he put his money in Giannini's Bank of America. The market was going up. He wrote to his sister, my mother, put money in the bank, put money in the market, put money in the market. Little by little, they depleted every saving they had and had it in the market. So the $5,000 that they had worked for all went into the market. All went into the bank. Uncle Willie writing to his sister and his uh, brother-in-law, 
Look, the market has gone up. Put more money in. My father went right back. I can't do it. I have no more money. He said, you can get money. Go to the Morris plan. They loan money. You got to pay a little interest. He goes to the Morris plan and takes a $2,000 loan, puts it into the market. Now he had $7,000 of his own money invested in the market. How much was a house back then? Like the house you lived in, how much was that worth back then? How much was it worth then? Yeah, $7,000. How much did you buy a house for I think I I researched that a little while ago. I think Pop bought that three-family, one, two, three-family house for $3,000. Wow. Okay, and we lived in the middle floor and the, the first floor and top floor was rented, okay? So, writing back and forth, he's, tell, he's asking his sister, put more money in, you see, you're making a lot of money. So, Dad and my father would write him back, I can't, we don't have any more. And I borrowed this, as you suggested. He said, Go, people are giving second mortgages. They charge you a little interest, but you can get a second mortgage. He went to Mr. Miles, I'll never forget the name, on Bedford Avenue, mm. a man that was giving uh, second mortgages, and Pop got a second mortgage for $2,000. Now he had his five, his 2000 from the Morris plan, and 2000 from the uh, second mortgage people. Market was going up, going up, going up. The crash came. And they lost everything. <clears throat> what? What? Now there, there was a um, there was a condition with the crash in the United States. The stock market was going to was going uh, was going to disrupt the government in the United States because that was its backbone. Mm-hmm. J. P. Morgan stepped in and put in three million dollars. And short up the markets. Market. That's very important. If you keep in mind the fact, if something happens today, and uh, and there's plenty of evidence that something is about to happen today, how many billionaires do we have? I think we got maybe a hundred. Okay, are they in a better position than J.P. Morgan when he put in three million dollars? I don't know how all this compact. The disaster, the result, and the survival that we can have with the people that have what can. When, when you went through the depression, um, yes. um, you guys were kind of. I mean, you remember a time when your dad would take you to a public restroom to because you didn't have running water, you had nothing, so you would take a shower in a public restroom, right? No, I, well, that's very interesting. Uh, as I stated, we lived on, in the middle floor of this three-family right. house. Do you know where we... My mother had a double tub. I don't think uh, you probably will uh, relate that. But the wash tub in, in those days, okay, 1920, 25 and so were lead tubs. One next to each other, and my mother would sit us in the tub and give us a bath there as children. Right? As we grew up, 10 and 12 years old, 
my father would, on Saturday morning, once a week, we'd grab towel and soap, go, d- go down to Decalb Avenue to public baths. We'd go in there, take a shower once a week. And that, that was the... So when, so, when, so when the Great Depression happened, because we can't relate to this, we, the, nobody at my age has gone through anything like the Great Depression. I say that I was, born, I was raised in the heart of adversity, okay? So I experienced, I was young enough to experience the good times of life, yeah. okay? And then to have it fractured by the depression at a, at a point where I was... Uh, 8, 10, 12 years old, I realized how terrible it was. And my father refused to go down to the corner to get the milk for, him, for, for us as children, okay, because he was so proud. And they didn't have the money. It was just terrible. When, when, um, when Hitler came, do you remember the first time you heard the voice of Hitler? Oh, oh I certainly do. And Mussolini? I remember the marches and... Do you, do you, uh, that was in 1929, uh, 30, 31, 32. They were the build-up yeah. of the Nazi power. So when, when you heard that and you started hearing what Hitler was doing by the end of the 30s, was there a sense, uh, like, like now there's a sense of, wow, we're in really trouble and evil seems to be sweeping the world. Was there that sense that, this is like the end of the world. This is so well, bad. This is the end of the world. Glenn, uh, relating to that aspect of reasoning, it was, it was a situation where the United States was fighting Germany because it took different steps. When Japan entered the war and we were trapped on two sides, it took a different a different uh, point of logic, reasoning, fright, right. what's going to happen to us. They're coming to us from both oceans. That mine. You remember um, Pearl Harbor? Where I you do. were on Pearl Harbor? I do. Did you fight in World War II? Cause no. You, no. I had, we were three brothers. I was the middle one. They, and I had a pretty low number to be drafted. However, I was married. They were drafted. I don't know if they figured the Sullivan Law where the five brothers right, were, right. okay? And I was married, and I went for a physical three times to be drafted during that period. And each time I beat them out, I had another child. <laughs> by, the, by, by the third uh, physical examination, I had, I had three girls, Jeannie, Linda, and Mary Louise. I go down for my third physical. They check me out. And, of course, at that time, the victory in Europe had ended. Uh. And the only battle that the United States was involved with was Japan. Mm. Okay? I got the physical, and uh, they're writing out my papers, and they said, Mr. Quarasimo, what do you want, Army, Navy, or uh, Marines? In, 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 during the war with both of these nations, they didn't ask you. They put you where they wanted you. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, he gave me the choice. I said, I'll take Navy. 
bang, accepted. But that doesn't mean that you're going to be drafted. Right. Okay. And a couple of weeks later, I get a notice to report for duty to be drafted. Okay. We're sitting there. Uh, I was separated from my company that I was working with. They gave me a party. They gave me $75. Hands on their shoulders. I'll be okay. Chip, don't worry about it and so forth. I have three daughters, and I get the notice to report for duty. We're sitting there that Sunday eating uh, ice cream and cake, my mother, my sister, and father and so forth. And President Roosevelt breaks in and makes the statement that all married men are not to be drafted from this point on. But my records were already in to be drafted, okay? I dropped my cake and ice cream, and I ran to Church Avenue and Flatbush Avenue where I was supposed to report for, for duty, okay? Out of breath, and the lady behind the counter said, Hey, easy. Take it easy. I said, did you hear? Did you hear what the president said? And she said, yes, I did. I said, you know, I'm over 30 years old. I have three. <laughs> no. Mr. Quarosima, you go home. Don't worry about it. We will call you if we want to. You know what? They never called me. <laughs> I may be on AWOL. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. The key to having a great day starts with having a great night's sleep. And I know because I have a Casper mattress. The Casper mattress was invented with two high-tech foams that give you all of the support that you need and guarantee that you get the best night's sleep ever. Time Magazine named Casper Mattress one of the best inventions of 2015. Casper ships for free in a box so small you won't believe it holds the actual mattress, making it simple to get from your front door to your bedroom. And you try it for 100 nights risk-free. They'll come and pick it up if you don't love it as much as I love mine. And they'll refund every single dime. Once you try it, you're never going to want to sleep on anything else. Having a great day by having a great night's sleep. Casper.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn, $50 off the purchase of your mattress at Casper.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Don't forget, $50 off the purchase of your mattress. Casper.com slash Glenn. Terms and conditions do apply.